Betov. Um, today's staff is Lamatet, and we start a new parak. Thank you to everybody who covered for me when I was gone. Um, and, um, yeah, let's talk about where we're up to. As you've been seeing, the Mishnayot do a lot of pulling in and pulling out in terms of giving framework about how things would be during the normal, um, <clears throat> during the rest of the year. We talked about the whole issue about the lots that were drawn to distribute the various avodot. Um, then we talked about the Klein Kazo going to the mikvah. Then we pulled back to discuss how um, anybody who go, went into the mikdash would go to the mikvah. Then we talked about the uh, drawing of the lots. Hello, the drawing of the lots from the um, from the box and about how um, you know there was uh, there was um, something made, that those were made special. The Mishnah says um, the language of the Mishnah is where was he? Um, that the actual lots were shall ashkora, which uh, is I think some type of a wood, and then it says Vasan ben Gamla shall zahab, but Ben Gamla made them out of gold. So, um, so, and then that led to this larger discussion about other people that made special things. Thank you for the Beit Hamikdash, um, and some people that uh, withheld some of their talents from contributing to them in a, mean, in a larger way to the Beit Hamikdash. So again, it's interesting the way we've been pulling in and pulling, you know, going into the Avodah and then pulling back, going in and going back. But this, but we are getting more and more into the regular discussion of the Avodah, and there will be much less, if any, pulling back now that we're really going to be hitting the stride and talking about how the Avodah went forward. Um, and we start that with our new parak of Tarif Bekalfi. So let's take a look. Um, so also one thing to remind you, and again, so now some of them are here. Thank you again for everybody who helped when I was gone. Uh, one thing to remind you, can I now erase this diagram? Yes, you may. This diagram can come loose by now? Okay, so I know it was very complicated. Some of the debates between Abaye and uh, others of exactly the order of some of the things in the morning, but let's try to just generally remind ourselves of, um, you know, about how, about here. This is about, about what was going on, okay? Ulam, the these are covered, okay? So here's the menorah, here's the sulcha, here's the zeachazahav, here's the kodesh kodesha. Okay, and right, this is everything else, right? Here's the zeach. Okay, so what have we that's been, so what have we said so far has happened? We start by having Gado um um shechting the Tamid, okay? So here's the Tamid, okay. He shechs the Tamid, um and um the Kohen Gadol shechs the Tamid, then he catches the blood, right? Then he goes in and he does the Jeet of the Dhamma on the Misea. Then he goes in and he takes care of cleaning the menorah, burning the Torah, right? Finishing up with the menorah, okay? Coming out, he puts the Avarim on the Misea, and he's done with the Tamid, right? That's what we did so far. That was the first, that was the sort of first stuff that, stuff that gets done every day, um, is the bringing of the Tamid, the taking care of <coughs> Torah and the menorah, and the putting the Avarim on the, on the Kevesh, okay? So that was what he did with B.J. Zahav. Then we said that he now is going to switch into, so that's sort of, that's stage number one. There's going to be five, right? Five switches of clothes, so three B.J. Zahav, two in B.J. Lavan. Now we're up to stage two with B.J. Lavan, okay? Where did it say that he stood? Anybody remember when he comes to his car? Where's the car staring? Standing? It's facing, right? It's facing the, the, 
the head is towards it's, it's towards the west it's standing okay, whatever it's standing facing south it's head but it's, it's, its head is but its head is towards the west okay right you stand here you're never going to erase this <laughs> you like my amazing yes. artistic ability yes okay so anyway and right and he does the vidui okay right and that's he's doing with the with big day love hunt and then it says now we're up to our stage he comes to the drawing the love so what does the mission say um it says what no <laughs> so it says um, it says with the phone okay Mizrach so he's coming back here what he's coming back here right north of the Mizeah the, the east side of the Azara okay so here now the Kohen Gadol he's done with his par he returns to being over here okay and now he is going to be doing the drawing of the lot with the two Sigirim okay and the drawing of the lot okay and that's where we're up to now he's still in Big Labam he did his par and he's going here to start with the Sigirim so let's take a look yeah, I know. I can't. I'm not sorry if I cannot draw a goat. Should I make horns on it? I'll make horns. Okay. And they look like. All right. So that's where we're up to. Uh, yeah. Oh, don't stop it already. All right. So let's take a look. All right. So now we start with Alar Tarek, and he's about to draw the lot. Um, so, um, okay. So let's take a look. Um, Tarafikilfi. So he he um, you know mixed around in the um, in the box that held the lots. The Helashne Gorlot, and he drew out two lots. Ever Kosovalov Lashane, Ever Kosovalov La Azazel. One says for God and one says La Azazel, which we won't translate for now, but Azazel. Okay. So Hasgan Bimino, Viroshbait Avni Smolo. So he, there was two people with him as he was doing this. The Skan, the assistant Kohen Gadol, the sort of vice Kohen Gadol, who basically didn't do anything. He was sort of like the vice president. You know, his only job was to be there if the Kohen Gadol died. Okay, but this was one of the few sort of tasks he did. But generally, his role did not have that much significance. Um, but he said that last mission, right? Yeah, I know. We're repeating. We're going back because we, we, we digress. Yeah. Okay. Virosh Beit Av Nismolo, the head of the Beit Av, which is the family whose day Yom Kippur, it fell out on Yom Kippur, right? because you have a Mishmar that works for the week divided into days, you know, each family per day, um, is on his left. Um, so that obviously is a less significant position than the Sgan, who is like the more regular vice Kohen Gadol. This, this one is just has a significance this one day. Um, now, in Shoshem Alabimino, if God, the one that the, the lot that had God's name um, came in his right hand, and that was considered to be a good Siman, because, you know, right is always preferred. So, Hasgan Omerlo, so the Sgan, who is standing on his right, says, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Mr. Kohen Gadol, Hagbe Yemincha, lift up your right hand, as a way of signifying that that was the one that had God's name on it. Um, the im shoshem Allah bismolo, if it came in his left hand, rosh beit av omerlo, ishi kohen gadol, Mr. Kohen gadol, so this is now the beit av is on the left, hagbe smolcha, lift up your left hand. 
Nasnan Asar to show which one had God's name in it. Nasnan um, Al Now, after sort of, you know, the, the goats are standing in front of him, he sort of picks out right and left. They're sort of already sort of, you know, cor- you know, you know uh, opposite the goats that they represent. But you lift up the one of Shoshane, which is seen as obviously the one of more significance, and now you're going to actually place the lots on top of the goats, right? That's based on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Vinashsano Shnei Hasi'irim Goralot. Um, so literally put it on top of them. Nasanosh Shnei Hasi'irim, the Omer, Lashem Chatas. And he says for the one that is the, that has God's name on it, he says, Lashem Chatas. He doesn't explicitly, yes. Yes, um, we will, um, yes. Um, and, um, was I going to say, uh, he does not explicitly label the one of Azazel. That's sort of inferred. Um, right? Because that's the Lashem of the Pasuk. The Pasuk is, right? You know, but it's Lashem. And Lashem is certainly more in contrast to the Lazazel, to where is it going? Not necessarily what type of Corbin it is, but is it La Hashem or is it La Zazel? Um, and they had God's explicit name and they would say I want to just make two comments about this before we continue besides the much larger Azazel comment which we can discuss a little bit later but um, number one is um, the idea that we tend to focus you know on the basic Kaparav Yom Kippur like the major Avodah as we're going to be focusing on as we learn this um, and you know the whole thing about you know Pashati Aviti and everybody bows down you know Achas, achas, achas. All of that in the Torah is around <coughs> cleansing the mikdash. The idea of atoning for our sins, you know, is basically the si'ir lazazel. The nasalav is kol Now it is true that there's a connection of cleansing the mikdash and cleansing the sins. The end of the pesukim say, um, what's the pasuk says? Bechiper al hakodesh mitumos b'nei Yisrael umitvishehem l'kol chatasam. So the cleansing of the mikdash is a cleansing not only of ritual impurity but somehow of the way the sins have sullied the mikdash. And that's a very important idea in general that chatas does not necessarily mean sin offering. It means cleansing. And that's why it's brought, you know, after somebody finishes a, like a, a woman who's a yoledes or a zav at the end of that process of purification. And the idea in the Torah, it's important to, to note this, is that, um, you know, that basically when you sin, the metaphysical effect of sin is that it dirties up the mikdash in a metaphysical way. It like creates, you know, stains the mikdash. And therefore, Yom Kippur, in a way, is the once-a-year cleaning crew that goes in, the Kohen Gadol, um, and, you know, cleanses, gets all the gook out, all of the ways in which it's been, in metaphysical gook, right, in which it's been impurified. And if you read the Psukim in the Torah, you will find that the focus on the Torah, on the Seir Lahashem, <laughs> and the Par HaChatas of the Kohen Gadol, is to cleanse the Mikdash. It's to cleanse the way the Mikdash. Now, of course, that what that means is, if the Mikdash is being sullied, then God is not able to remain among B'nai Yisrael V'shachanti B'tocham Right Hashochein itam B'toch tumotam God is willing to to um, you know tolerate the tumah to a certain degree and continue to dwell among us betoch tumotam but we have to cleanse that tumah on a yearly basis to allow God to continue to dwell among us so it's important you know to a appreciate sort of the whole 
metaphysical universe in which this is inhabiting, which is not normally the way we think. We think very much about our own personal sins, being cleansed from our personal sins, you know, and so on. And um, whereas really this has a much more national focus, God's presence among the nation, the way sin you know, injures the environment, sullies the environment, and that this allows God to remain within us as a nation. So that's the real focus. The Seil Azazel is much more about, like, taking care of your personal sins, not about the cleansing of the Mikdash. So it's worth pointing out, you know, that in the, as we're going to read this, the Lahashem becomes, ah, that's the Chash of one. Lahashem, we don't even really, like, want to talk about that. Like, you know, the big issue is that your right hand should have Lahashem. You call out Lahashem. You don't say Lahazazel. You know, and that sort of becomes very much the focus but the thing that, you know, tends to speak to our idea of Yom Kippur, as opposed to the sort of Torah idea, you know, of Yom Kippur, is, uh, is much more the role that the Seir Lazazel plays. So it's worth keeping, keep, keeping that in mind um, <coughs> as we continue to learn this and learn, you know, with the emphasis on the importance of the one that's Hashem Chatat. Um, uh, yes. Jacob Milgram, who's yes. a professor of Bible at Berkeley for a decade, his formulation is that the blood is the medicine. It's the detergent. Age, it's the detergent. <laughs> right. The I forgot that part of it. Right. He talks about, right. That removes suma. So it's very powerful because the blood is the life. Uh-huh. The life blood. It's the, it's the right. I forgot that out of the blood as the cleanser, as the detergent. Um, but yes, so the emphasis here is totally going to be on his par, on the seir lachatat. You know, we'll get to the azazel. You know, but again, I'm just speaking personally. I think for us, for me, the focus was always, oh, the one lazazel. That's a, who, what, what's he doing in the mikdash? What is that? I mean, it's very nice to go through the whole process, but what really matters is you send the seir lazazel off the cliff, and the red string becomes white, and you know that you're atoned for, and that's what we really are paying attention to. But you know, that's not the way it is in the Torah, and that's not obviously the emphasis here, which is on the seir lachatat. Yes. I think it's just because you mentioned it. A lot of uh, phrases come from this mishnah, like in common English expressions. Like what? Scapegoat. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not the Mishnah. Scapegoat is based on the Yilazazel and the Torah. Yes, that's right, totally right, right. true. Right, exactly. But it's interesting yeah. that you mentioned that and uh, go to Azazel. Oh, <laughs> if you translate Azazel as, as hell, it's question right. It right, I mean, you know, whether Azazel in contrast to Hashem means some idea of a demon or what exactly means, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to say one of the things here, though, about the drawing of the lots, which is, um, that if you think about it, right, the whole idea of drawing of the lots is quite strange. I mean, the Torah talks about it, um, but it sort of makes it like it's almost random. What goes Lashem and what goes Lazazel, you know, and if you would think about something like Yom Kippur is about, I mean, again, talking about it in our terms of Yom Kippur, about sort of owning our responsibility and doing shuva. It's about not sort of blaming things on forces beyond your control. It's like taking ownership and responsibility about your choice and your freedom of choice. So what's the significance of the lots? Um, and there's a lot been written. Uh, <laughs> there's plenty that's been written on it. But I also want to point out that it connects to an earlier theme, like I talk, you know, which is the theme of what was we had a whole discussion of lots on a daily basis about which Kohen gets to do which service, right? And that seems like a whole digression. There's been things that sort of have been pulling back and talking about larger things and what happens on a daily basis. But it is worth thinking about the centrality in the Mikdash on a daily basis and for this sort of like very high-focused uh, avodah that gets done on Yom Kippur, the sense of luck and lots and what's that supposed to be sort of signifying. So I raise it as a question, not that I have a profound answer. Somebody told me that uh, somebody they know actually did a whole dissertation on the idea of 
um, lots in the mikdash and sort of <coughs> you know <coughs> sort of so I, I, I have to find I, I have to anyway I'm going to find I'm going to find the dissertation but a lot of it is exactly about this idea of the daily goral and the, and the goral that was done for Lazazel what sort of significance that had in terms of the meaning of what goes on in the mikdash I yeah. really think that lots were what we associate with them as being an indication of random luck uh-huh. but like in the um, in the book of Jonah for example more like Siat Dishmaya the opposite exactly in other words the way the Goral falls out is actually a reflection of right uh huh right right I'm not sure we got a hint of that in terms of the daily one of the Kohanim um and also even if that's true so I'm not exactly sure what the direct connection is to the Avodat Yom Kippur to be sort of unders- underscoring you know it's always an important religious message God's presence in our lives God's guiding hand but exactly how that plays out and the significance of this it's certainly worth thinking about I'll try, I'm going to try to find that dissertation and uh, try, to, try, to, try to address it more as we continue let's take a look at the Gemara why do you have to um, you know mix them up just uh, pick one. What's the idea of like shaking up the box? Or it might actually mean not only his hand mixes them up, but like you shake up the box well, before he dries it. Well, exactly. So he shouldn't sort of intentionally try to draw out the, the uh, one that says Lahashem in his right hand. I'm a Rava. The box was actually although we talked about the lots being made of gold, the, the box actually was made out of wood and it was not sanctified. Um, and only two hands could fit into it. So Ravina said, I understand why it only had the space for two hands. Because the more space you have, right, the more you'll be able to like feel, especially if it's like, in, you know, if it's carved, the name is into it, you know, but you can sort of feel the lot that you're picking up and feel the writing. But if it's very tight space, you can just stick your hand in and pull it out, you don't have the ability to feel that. Also, I should say, we're going to see another another idea, that the Sgan took one lot, and the Klein Gadol took the other lot. So then you certainly need room for two hands. Okay, but... Um, but why was it not why was it unsanctified Nikadsha let's sanctify it so he says no then it will become a klisharis show um, eights out of wood the klisharis states for Avdina and we don't make klisharis out of eights out of wood not appropriate okay so the Gemara says okay so make it sanctified and make it out of gold or silver no God is concerned, the Torah is concerned for us not to waste our money. And we learned that out because by uh, the Mitzorah, it says he clears out the house before he has the coin inspect the house. And Chazal say, why? I mean, even if all the vessels are tummy, just take them to the mikvah. So, what's a big deal? So no, he has to clear out the house because of the pottery vessels that they, if they're found tummy, there's no way of making them tahor. Says, look how, how much the Torah goes out of its way to help this Mitzora, who normally is assumed to be, you know, to have done something to deserve his status, um, and to help and to help him protect his pottery vessel. So clearly, the Torah <coughs> is concerned, even that we shouldn't waste even pennies, and they, and and is concerned for even small amounts of money for our money. Now, of course, the funny thing is, here you have a base of Mikdash where no. everything is out of gold and silver. <laughs> This is the one thing, and we just had the mission that said what the coin gundles, you know, garments, the white ones, and they're twelve mana, eighteen mana. We're spending all this money, and all of a sudden, Yisrael. Like I, I really, I'm open for explanation. I don't what. Right. Just a lot, and that's also the irony. The lots are gold, and the box is is of. 
So, uh, you know, again, I really, I really don't get it. Uh, maybe if we can get better insight into the whole significance of the lots, we can get an insight into why you want it to be a wooden box. No, but the fruit of the Russian uh, fruit from the Torah, that's private money, this is public money, which you think is different. Right, that's also a good point, right? Public funds, uh-huh, very good point. Yeah, I mean, considering how many things they spent money on to have one more little gold box, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know. <coughs> now the Gemara goes on. Mastin is in the Loki Aitana. Our Mishnah is not like the following time, it's time for the Brisa. The Behuda Omer, Mishum Rebbe Eliezer Hasagan, Mishum Rebbe Eliezer, Hasagan Vakohen, Vakohen Gadol, Machnisin Yadan Bekilfi. That actually, Rebbe Yehuda says in the name of Rebbe Eliezer that it wasn't the Kohen took one in his right and one in his left, but actually the Skan and the Kohen Gadol each, took their, each stuck their right hand in and each one took one lot. Um, and it would still be more significant that it was in the right hand of the Kohen Gadol rather than the right hand of the Skan. If it came up in the right hand of the Kohen Gadol, Haskan Omer Lo, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Hagde Yemincha. So the Skan would say, Mr. Kohen Gadol, raise up your right hand. And if it wasn't the right hand of the Skan, then Rosh Beit Av Omer Lo, the Kohen Gadol, Devar Milcha. Then the Rosh Beit Av does not say, did the Skan raise up your right hand? Um, because, um, that would, you know, be sort of, you know, not seen as disrespectful to the Kohen Gadol. So, uh, so what would he do? So the Rosh Bezav would say to the Kohen Gadol, say your words. Meaning, say the words like Lahashem Chatat on the one in which it's opposite. Um, so he would, he would still be the one designating the animal as the Chatat, even though it was the Skan that actually took out the, took out the thing. Now I need to say, stop and say something about this. Because we're going to have a whole discussion in a little while about whether B'dyevah this is Ma'akev or not. Um, but the drawing of the lot. Can you just say Lahashem Chatat without drawing the lot? Is the drawing of the lot Ma'akev? There's going to be a debate. But um, and ra- one of the Rashi's there says something. It's actually put in parentheses, so it might have been a later gloss, but says something that you know was bothering me all along, which is how can this be working here? In, in the according to the first version, he takes one thing in his right and one thing in his left. But Avoda is puzzled the small. Okay, so the other, according to the other version, fine. You use his right hand and the right hand of the skan. But on Yom Kippur, all the avodas have to be done by the Kohen Gadol. So here you're having, so either you're getting avoda bismo, or you're getting avoda not the Kohen Gadol. So Rashi says, you ha- even if this is ma'akev, you have to say that it is not being identified as an avoda. Which raises, you know, interesting questions. What exactly do you <coughs> label an avoda? Only things that are regularly done during the year, you know, zrika Saddam and so on. But this can be, this is something that must be done on Yom Kippur, but it's not an avoda, and therefore bidyeved can be done, or not bidyeved, can, can be done either with the left hand of the Kohen Gadol, or with partly participating a non-Kohen Gadol. So that's one thing to realize. So, and that also could explain maybe why there's two opinions. Which is better, the left of the Kohen Gadol or the Sgan? Um, yes. Right, so then it becomes... No, then it becomes a funny idea that something which is not labeled as an Avodah, you know, could be Makkev. Look, Shkita is Shkita's Kshere Bazaar. Is that an Avodah that's Kshere Bazaar or not an Avodah? You know, so exactly what we label an Avodah becomes a, you know, a real question. There's a whole issue whether the Shkita of the, of the par can be done with the non-Kohen Gadol because maybe it is not an Avodah even though it is obviously a necessary part of what's happening. So, um, it becomes an interesting question of the difference between Ma'akev and what you label an Avodah. 
Yeah, that's the way it would be understood. It's a cliche, right? I mean, this copy, the only thing it has in these two lots. Right. So it was only used in the, in the context of the Vedic Mikdash, right? Right. But nevertheless, it's not a cliché, right? You're either year in and year out. If you don't sanctify it, it doesn't become a cliché. Right. 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 It is. Right. 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 So, so there are those differences between the function and its identity, clearly. So, okay, so according to this, right, if it's the coin Gadol and he has a right and a left, still, you're gonna, whether it's right or left, you're going to say the coin Gadol lift up the hand, because the coin Gadol will then be the one raising the hand over the one that's Lahashem. But if it's the coin Gadol and the Skan, and the Skan has the, has the one that says Lahashem Chatat, then you don't want to give the Skan the role of saying Lashem on the par and that role you're going to give to the Kohen Gadol so therefore if the Skan has it the Rosh Beitav says to the Kohen say your line and then the Kohen Gadol says to the one so he gets what that means and he says to the one that's opposite the Skan Lashem Chatat and the reason so the reason I take, took a step back here to talk about the question of whether it's an Avoda is so the drawing of the lots might be might not be an avoda and therefore a kasher either with the left hand or with the skan. But has saying the words la Hashem chatat, okay, and we're going to talk later that that might ironically not be makes if you did the lot. So it's going to be ironic. But it does the saying of the words have to be by the kohen gadol? Because here you're having the skan do the well, lot, the but the kohen gadol. Well, that's also true. Okay, but yeah, that's a good point too. He's doing the shem hamiforas. Okay, so according to this version, the skan, if the skan drew it, then he doesn't say anything. The Kohen Gadol just says to the one opposite the skan, La Hashem Chatah. Now the Gemara says like this. The name of skan, why doesn't the skan say to the Kohen Gadol, say your words, if the skan took the one that said La Hashem? So the Gemara says, no. Kimon de los salik chal since the Kohen Gadol did not get the one that said Lashem, the Skan got it. So it's like rubbing it in for the Skan to get the one to say Lashem and say, now say your words. Then it's like the Kohen Gadol is like, you know, is like secondary to the Skan. Uh, so, re- so, you, by, so you reorient, you get the Rosh Beit Av to say, so we sort of ignore the Skan. You know, you get that? Like if the Skan got it and say to the Kohen Gadol, say it. So the Skan is now the guy in charge and he's telling the Kohen Gadol what to do. If the Skan got it, of the Kohen Gadol. If the Skan got it and the Rosh Beit Av says, the Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol, say your line, then we're ignoring the Skan. So the Skan still so, picks up his hand. What? The Skan still picks up his hand, presumably, yeah. Although it doesn't say that. It's a good question. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Uh, what's the debate about whether it's the Skan or the two hands of the Kohen Gadol? Marsava, you mean the Skan, Adif Mismale, the Kohen Gadol. Better to have a right hand of the Skan than the left hand of the Kohen Gadol. Presumably from the perspective of Avoda, but it's not technically an Avoda. They're equivalent, and once they're more or less the same, it's funny. They're equivalent, and therefore we go with the Kohen Gadol. Right? I don't know why I didn't say the Kohen Gadol is better, but I guess the point is, once they're equivalent, why bring in another person into the process? Is right preferred ultimately because it's easy? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't so think that. Yeah, I hear that, but I don't think I don't think so. I always just assumed that you know, there's always in society has been a bias towards right and small as more signifies sinister and demonic and so on. I don't think it's maybe that's connected. I don't know. So Gemara says no. Right isn't east. You're facing east. Right is always Teimana is always south. Yamin and Teimana is always south. You face east. Kedem is the way you face the rising sun. So your right is Teimana. Is your Yamin is south. So it's not Benjamin, a, right? The, the right. Over there is right. Right. Mean, it's okay. So anyways, the Gemara says like this. Yeah. Okay. Who is the Tana that argues on Reb Yehuda? Who is the author of our Mishnah that says it was the Kohen Gadol's two hands? So the Gemara says, Rebbe Hananiah Skan HaKohanim who. Interesting. So you actually have a Skan Kohanim being the author of the opinion that the Skan wasn't involved in the drawing of the lots. 
the Tanya, Rabbi Hanani is gone, gone, he Lama Skan Mimi no. Why is the Skan on the right side? Because so that he'd be ready to go ahead and, you know, like I said, he's the vice president, he's ready if something happens to the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara infers from this, it's a pretty big stretch, but it infers from this that that's the only thing the Skan did. So clearly, if the Skan had a function of actually drawing a lot, then he wouldn't have said that that's the only function of the Skan. So it becomes quite interesting that Rabbi Hanania Skan Kohenim is the one that's downplaying the role of the Skan. Okay. Now we've been shifting to a lot of Agadita. We shift again to some Agadita. Let's take a look. The entire 40 years, and this goes back though, to your point about the idea that Goral is not chance, but about sort of says something about God's uh, sort of involvement. So for the 40 years that Shimon Tzadik was the Kohen Gadol, because, you know, he was righteous and the generation was righteous, so it always was the good Siman. The one that said Lashem always came up in the right hand. Mikan ve'elach, after Shimon Tzadik, and we know that that's when you had a big, <coughs> major revolving door of Karnim Gedolim. So, Mikan ve'elach, pami mole b'yamin, pami mole b'smol. It was random, sometimes right, sometimes left. Or maybe not random, maybe only for the good Karnim. But anyway, clearly things were not at the same level. Vayaloshon shel zuhuris malbin. But at least one saving grace was that, um, that the red string would turn white. So even though... Isn't that the days of Shimon No, 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 no. I Meaning even after Shimon you still had the red string turning white. You didn't have everything was, you know, the sense of God's full favor of the people was not there. You didn't have this it always going up in the right hand, but you still had the sense of the sins were atoned. The red string would turn white. Mikan ve'eloch, after that period, it doesn't tell us a number of oh, years. Oh, not contrasting going back and forth? No, 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 no. We're talking about the Yeridat Hazorot. As the generations progressed after Shimon HaTzadik, more and more symbols of God sort of withdrawing God's presence or God's withdrawing, no, withdrawing God's favor, you kept on losing more and more things that indicated God's favor. But didn't favor. they really become Eilach as well? I mean, so yeah, in the next generation, whatever that time was, Mikan Ve'eloch, Pamim Malmi, Pamim Eno Malbi. Sometimes the string would turn red, sometimes not. When you're now three generations removed from Shemana Tzadik, you're losing the symbolism of the string turning red. But you still have the symbolism even at that third generation. The western light of the menorah right, was, still, was, was, was burning. This was the idea that you started lighting the menorah with the western light. The was always contrasting this to Shemana Tzadik. Shemana Tzadik versus the other. At least versus the how do they? Oh, you know, you know, Shimon then become Eilat. When Shimon yeah. Tzadik, then become Eilat. Going back and forth. Oh, Vayaloshin Shazaris Malbin was in the time of. That's interesting. It's because of the repetition, the refrain of the yeah. All right, I hear that. This wasn't the way. Huh? I was. Uh, I was trying to maybe I read a little bit more, a little bit more sympathetic that things were going down in a slower progression. Um, one minute. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at Rabbeinu Hananel, if you look at Rabbeinu Hananel, so I stand corrected. Rabbeinu Hananel says, Men shana shishim shim and tzadik hayegol olu b'yimin v'loshin zahuris m'labein v'haisa ner maravi dolek v'haisa eisha marechas mitzaberes v'haisa bracha ba'omer b'shehalechem Okay, so I stand corrected. I was trying to read it in a much more slow, you know, gradual decline, but so much for my, for my read. Okay. So much for your character. So much for my, exactly. Let's go back and read it now the, 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 uh, the correct way. Tanner Rabbanon. Abayim 
during the time of Shimon Tzadik was always in the right after Shimon Tzadik sometimes right sometimes left and in the time of Shimon Tzadik the red string would always turn white after Shimon Tzadik's time sometimes white sometimes not in the time of Shimon Tzadik, the western light of the, of the menorah was always still lit, which means what? They would light it first in the lighting of the menorah, the one that pointed towards the Kodesh Kadashim. Whether it was this question, whether it was the middle step, whether it was the middle stem, or whether it was the second, the second one in from the east. Anyway, they light, they started lighting with it, and then but the other ones burnt out before it. So it was considered a constant nace that this one was always lit first and always lasted the longest. After that period, sometimes it would light the whole, you know, longer than the others. Sometimes it would be extinguished. And in the time of Shimon Tzadik, the fire on the top of the of the of the mizbeach would always sort of be powerful, even without being fed fuel. The koning would not have to bring extra wood to feed the fire. The only thing they would bring is the two, you know, logs of wood, which we discussed before, which, um, because there was a mitzvah to add wood, but practically you did not need to feed the fire. Mikan ve'elach, after the time of Shimon Tzadik, pami mitkaber, pami mein mitkaber, sometimes it would sort of be, have it, you know, you know, uh, be strong on its own, and sometimes it wouldn't be strong on its own, and you would really need to feed it fuel, feed it wood. They would have to feed the fire the entire day, constantly feeding it wood. Now, in the time again of Shimon Tzadik, there was a blessing in the bread, you know, given from heaven in the bread, uh, whether it was the Omer or the Shea Lechem on Shavuos or the Lechem Hapanim every Shabbos. The Kohen Shemagia Kezayis, and every Kohen, if you just got a Kezayis, Yesh Ochlo Besavea, Yesh Ochlo Mosir, either you would eat a Kezayis and you'd be totally satisfied, or you'd eat it and you'd even have leftover. This was the blessing in the bread in the time of Shimon Tzadik. Afterwards, rather than a blessing being sent down into them, a curse was sent down into it. Which is, by the way, you know, this is even, Meir is even worse. Like, until now, it was like the withdrawal of something miraculous. Here we're actually talking about, you know, actually something bad being sent down, you know, to, in, in terms of the contrast. And every Kohen would not get a Kezayis, they would get Kapul, like a lentil bean. Hatsnuim, Moshin if Yudayim. So the more uh, private ones, the less, uh, you know, aggressive ones, they would just, you know, withdraw their hands. They would say, I'm not, you know, we, I don't want any... Um, the Garganim and the uh, uh, the uh, so, um, uh, what's it, voracious ones they would sort of just they would grab and they would eat somebody grabbed his portion and his friend's portion and they called him the son of the thief or we'll see what Hamsa means in a minute just one comment before we turn the page which is First of all, the Marsha says that there's a double significance here, that if you get a Kezayis, he sort of says, a Kezayis is fit for bracha. V'chalta v'savata, you know, v'chalta is Kezayis, v'savata is the next level. We make a Birch HaSamazan on just a Kezayis. So a Kezayis, though, is somehow can, is fit to receive the bracha to give you svi'ah. Less than a Kezayis, that's why he reads, the first step here <coughs> was not just that it didn't give you satisfaction, but that the amount that each person got was 
less than a kezayis and wasn't even fit for sviah. Um, the other imp- important th- things to sort of mention here is I want to just show you this short, short little tosvos, very cute tosvos. The Karuso Chamsin Koyamav, they called it Chamsin, who was this year, so it's supposed to Ben Chamsin. So Tosvos says, Everybody, all of the people that were like not this new, the little Tosos on Lama Tedamadalas, Taraf Bakalfi. Okay, it has a confusing Dibra Maafchiel. Yeah, it does. Okay, so. Um, so he says, Everybody was grabbed, I mean, other than the Tznuim. So why did this guy get labeled Chamsin? So Kamoso. This guy was such a, you know, was so aggressive that it's one thing to steal from the communal pot, to like jump in and grab from the communal pot fast and push people aside. It's another thing to grab off of somebody else's plate. This is a less interesting answer. The guy didn't like it when he was he had to grab from. But I like the idea that he was so aggressive. He not only you know it wasn't enough to grab from the communal space. But anyway, but some people figured, look, we're not going to get a bracha. It's only a small amount. Now, by the way, I have to tell you that it's interesting because you wouldn't think necessarily that the most appropriate thing is not to take a portion of the lechem upon it. You would think it's a mitzvah to eat from it, so I only get a pool of mitzvah. You know, so big deal. It's a mitzvah. It's not, I'm not doing it to fill myself up. Um, so, it, you know, it's sort of like it's this interesting concept, like good guys versus bad guys, where you would imagine the best thing to do would be to take what you got and be happy. Exactly. Not to withdraw it, not to... What? Well, again, it's not like it's an, it's not like it's an individual mitzvah for a Kohen to do, to do it. Like, it's not like he's being mevatel mitzvah. But the idea that, you know, that this is from the, you know, from Shulchan Hashem and the... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's in the sort of. <laughs> I, what did you want to say, Daniel? You wanted to add something? Uh, quick question on the story. So they said it's a good sign when the sign got okay and it's right hand. Yeah. Yeah, so it gets to the larger whole issue, exactly that, about the, you know, we, we do have these symbols of, which is what this whole story was, symbols of God's <laughs> presence in the Mikdash. Neymar Ravi, Lashon Shilzuhuris, and, and it does get to the whole issue about the drawing of the lots altogether, what it symbolizes. So let's leave that question to bother us for a while. I'm going to see if I can find more on that. We'll talk about that. No, when it gets pushed over. Yeah, but we'll talk about that. Okay, so let's keep on going with Amara. Amarabha Barshila, Mikra, where's the puzzle that you see, Hamsin means this uh, bad thing, like a thief. So, Elohai palteni miyad rasha, God save me from the hand of the wicked person, mikaf me'avel v'chomet, from the hand of the perverter and the chomet. So clearly it's not something good. I don't know if we know that, you know, one who does injustice, I'm not sure what necessarily means stealing. Rav Amamehacha, lindue teiz dershu mishpat, learn well, seek out justice, ishru chamot, chamutz. Um, you know, strengthen the one who has been oppressed. Um, uh, so again, or st- according to this, stolen from. So clearly, this is this, so clearly. Chametz means to do some violence, to do some uh, against a person. Yisru chametz altashu chametz, and they're sort of saying the obvious point: strengthen the one who has been injured, who has had this violence or theft done against him, and not the one that is actually doing it. Now Rashi says it's obvious and a little redundant, and he says that's actually more relevant to a drasha they make in Sanhedrin, which is what? Yeah, it's an interesting question about chametz and and Hamas. I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't think about the Hamas and the chametz. Certainly, yeah. All right, moving on. 
Moving on. Were we, were this is unruly when I wasn't here. Ishru Chon, okay. Um, okay. Tana Rabbanana, Rabbi Sart. Oso Shana Shemes by Shimon Tzadik, the day that Shimon Tzadik died, the year that Shimon Tzadik died. Amalam, he said to them, Bishana Zo Humet, this year he, meaning I, so by talking about himself in third person, he will die. Amrlo, these people said to me, how do you know this? Every Yom Kippur, when I would go into the Kodesh Kadashim, an elder person would be there, lavush levanim, dressed in white, v'atuf levanim, and wrapped in white, nichnasimi v'yatsa'imi, he would go in with me and come out with me. Um, and this time he was this elder was dressed in black and wrapped in black he went in with me he didn't go out with me so uh, so means obviously it's a symbol that it's, I'm going to die and I'm, I'm not going to right I'm not going to see out the year so he must have said this pretty soon after Yom Kippur because after the Regal after Sukkot he was sick for seven days roommate and he died that's an interesting point by a seven day parallel and after that and we didn't mention this before in the things that stopped after the time of Shimon Sad Sadik his fellow Kohanim no longer said God's name explicitly because they felt they weren't at the level that they were fit to do it the later Kohanim Gidolim after Shimon Sadik I mean, Anyom Kippur, or no, they would do it anyway during normal birchas kohanim and whatnot. But in general, any bracha in the in the Beit Hamikdash would be with Shem Hamiforash. And after Shimon Asadik, apparently, after Shimon Asadik, they felt they were not at the level and they did not do it. I do want to say, by the way, that there is a interesting um, Yerushalmi that asks about this whole story about the person going in with him, which basically says, um, what do you mean? It says, adam lo yeah. So the Yerushalmi said, right, this isn't an Adam, this is a Mala. Um, so, um, all right. Uh, so let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this, Tanu Rabbanan, Adim Shana Kodem Kodem. Rashi says it was that they did not say in Birkat Kohanim, it's a Ham B'Shem Mufarash. Right, that's what I said, Birkat Kohanim. So you said they didn't say Hashem Chatab with Hashem Mufarash. I either. But even, meaning, Echav HaKohanim, he's talking about the fact because it's in the plural. Right? It's not just, it's not just later Kohanim Gedolim. So Echav HaKohanim talks on a regular basis. But when every bracha on the Mikdash would be B'Shem. And um, B'Shem HaMifforash. So, oh, that's a good point. Right, because it wasn't just him that was doing it. When he was around, I guess you see that from the previous discussion, that the whole door was considered to be at a higher level. So his presence, you know, allowed everybody to be Mivarach B'Shem. But yeah, that's a very good point. So, yeah. Oh, you mean just for that period? Yeah. But but the language of um Bashem does not sound like an ongoing thing. Um you know, um look, I you can uh I can take a look at, like the side note here is pointing to Tosus and Sota, so I'd have to look that up. Um but I don't um so maybe there are other explanations about that. But I think Rashi is reflecting the sense that it means new sounds like an ongoing thing. Um I mean yeah, the Rebbe Akiva Eger points to the Tosos. What? They were afraid. Uh, yeah. I know, Rashi says that could be that could be that other than the Rashi says that they weren't Kadai. Yeah, but I think the point was a good one. They were the same Kohanim, but somehow his absence made them all Eino Kedai. Um, so that's also an interesting thing. Give me one second here. Let's see if I can find it very quickly. They were Kedai when he 
Hold on, I'm just seeing quickly if I can find this. Since I have everything on my iPod, on my iPhone. Um, what stuff does it say here? Islam is Um Hold on. Amazing the technology. Let's work a little faster. Okay. Um, okay. So what does it say? See Tosos Haray. Let's take a look. Um, So he says like this. So he says that because of... So that's interesting. Tosos basically ties it into, into not the Karnim one fit, but everything we've seen here, which were symbols of lack of God's full presence... So he says the ability to be say Shema Muforash required the full presence of the Shekinah, the full Gilu Shekinah. So that's an interesting alternate explanation. Okay, let's keep on going. Um, okay, so the says like this. So for the 40 years before the base of Mekish was destroyed, So as opposed to the period after Shema Tzadik where sometimes it was right, sometimes it was left, in the 40 what years leading... in relation to the chronology of the Baker uh, Some hundred, some odd years. I don't know the exact. Shema Tzadik, I know, was the second century before the common era. Yeah. Okay, so in the last 40 years, in the last 40 years, it would never come up in the right. It would always be in the left, which is obviously, the, you know, a, a, very, a, a very negative symbol. So, Loha Yolashin shows the very small being. And again, as opposed to before, where sometimes it would be white and sometimes red, here it was never, it never turned white. And as opposed to before, with sometimes after Shimon Atzadik, it would last more than the other lights. Here, it would never last more than the other lights. And the doors of the Heichal would just open up on their own. They wouldn't need to be opened. Yeah, but it basically was sort of like welcoming the enemies to come in. Until Rabbi Yochanan Zakai yelled at them. And he said to it, Heichal, Heichal. Why are you, uh, you know, disturbing yourself, confusing yourself? Meaning, you know, why are you so eager to make this happen? You know, you don't need to send me any more signs. I know you're going to be destroyed. And Zechariah ben Ido has already prophesied about you. Levanon, which often is understood to me, the Beit HaMikdash, open up your doors. And the fire will consume in your cedar trees. So this is the opening up. It opens up its own doors to invite in the enemy. Why was the Beit HaMikdash called Levanon? Because it would, again, from the, like, the red string, it would whiten their sins. Why is it called a forest? The house of the forest of Lebanon. So Lebanon, if Lebanon means the Mikdash, why is it called a forest? To tell you, the same way a forest, like, blossoms, it would happen in the base of Mikdash. He would, um, he would plant, he planted all the delicacies of gold, and they would, be, and fruit would come out in their right time. The Masha claims that the fruit here is golden fruit. 
So it was. <laughs> but it says out of gold. When the wind would blow them, they would drop their fruit. Which would make it like noise, um, like the Lebanon, it's, it's fruit. And from there, the Kohanim would be able to support themselves, according, especially if they were gold. I don't know. Well, so they were gold. They weren't real trees. What's that myth of the golden apple? Yeah, exactly. And when the enemies entered into the Heichal, they dried up. They withered. And the blossom of the Lebanon will become, um, you know, bereaved. God will in the end return it to us. So it should blossom forth and, re- and rejoice and, and, and sing forth because the glory of the Lebanon will be given to us. Which is a nice way to end since we were all talking about how things went to pot right after Shimon Tzadik. Now we end with this nice idea that eventually it will come back. Okay, now we return to some of the more halachic discussion about the Avodah. Let's take a look. <laughs> Put the two laughs on the two goats. Ten times God, the Kohen Gadol mentioned God's explicit name on Yom Kippur. Three in the first Vidur, right? Ana Hashem. Here Rashi quotes it. What is it? Ana Hashem. Is it? Ana Hashem. Chatasi. Ana Hashem. Kaperna. And then we say Hashem Titaru. Okay, so each vidui would, would have three times of saying God's name, and so three times three, and there would be three vidois. What? Way near the top. Okay, gimel the vidui we shown three in the first vidui, right? Ana Hashem. Okay, Ana Hashem kaper na Ana Hashem chatasi Ana nam kaper and lisnei Hashem titaru. The shloshim be vidui shenis three again in the second vidui, which was on his par for now for the kohanim. The shloshim be siyar mishalech three for this year that would be sent off the cliff. Um, that's nine. The echad be goralot and one when he said the goralot he said la Hashem or la Hashem chatas. Okay, so ten times. The Amr Hashem, and when he said God's name, the Nishma Kolo Biricho, it could already be heard all the way in Yericho, he would say it so loud. Amr Rabbi Barbachana, the Yushalayim Yericho Eser Parsaot. The Yushalayim Yericho is ten Parsaot. A Parsa is four meal, um, which is eight thousand Amma, which is about twelve thousand feet, which is what, like two miles. So this is about twenty miles. Is that how far it is from Yushalayim Yericho? Twenty miles, give or take? Somebody will look it up. So, and so number one, when the coin God will say God's name, it could be heard all the way in Yericho. Number two, when they would open the Heichal, the hearing, the, the creaking of the hinges of the doors of the Heichal could be heard with eight Chum Shabbat. Chum Shabbat, 16,000 Amot. Okay, that's a lot less. It's only two parsa. But anyway, um, the goats all the way in Yericho, um, they would pass gas because of the smell of the incense that would get all the way sneeze. Oh, I'm sorry, sneeze. Right? There's itu shamali to shamata, but you're probably right. It's probably sneezing. Okay, with sneeze because of the of the uh, uh, of the smell of the ketoret that would reach all the way to Yericho. The women in Yericho would not have to use perfume because they would naturally come on them from the ketoret. Away from the, uh, you know, we said before that they didn't. Uh, we made our 
Right. Well, but listen, well, contrast this to this. Kala should be Yerushalayim, ain't it Yichalit Kashet Merechtas. Any Kala in Yerushalayim would not have to worry about putting on her jewelry or her perfume, interesting jewelry, because of the Torah. Now, why in Yerushalayim? We were talking about Yericho. So, the, so I sort of get, thought as I was learning this, and then I saw the Marshal said it. He says, a Kala needs a lot more, would assume a lot more perfume than a normal woman. So therefore, in Yericho, the normal amount of perfume, that would be good for the women in Yericho. But for the Kala, only the Kala in Yerushalayim had enough that they would normally want and that, they, that, that could serve as a substitute. What does that mean for the Kohanim? What? Overpowering. Yeah, well, that's a good point, too. Now, Tozos, by the way, also asks, what about the fact that you're not allowed to benefit from the smell of the Torah? So, yeah, so Tozos says, right, it was, you didn't do it in any active way. It was all very passive. If you look at the last line of Tozos, Kala Shibur and he says, But if it happened completely passively, it would not be an issue. Okay, so the Bible says like this: I'm a Rebbe Yosi Ben Zugla. Question here: saying it, my father had goats, and they would sneeze because of the smell of the ktar. I have no idea. I'm a Rebbe Chiyabar Avin. I'm a Rebbe Yoshua Ben Karcha. Sachli Zakin Echad, an elder a person once whispered to me, Pam Achas Halachi Lushilo. I went to Shilo, where the, the you know where it used to be where the uh, Mishkan was. They rachti rechtos me Ben Kotlah, and the smell of the ktar now not coming from the base of Mikdash, from when the Mishkan was in Shiloh, was still present between the cracks of the wall. Mm. Now, okay, done with that. Now back to the discussion of the Avodah. Taking the Gora from the box is, you know, that is Ma'akev, prevents it from being good. If you just call the name or you just, you know, you just uh, uh, arbitrarily assign them, it would not be good. You have to actually draw it from the box. Hanacha ain't a Ma'akevus. But the placing on the top of the animal, that does not prevent you from being Yotzeh. Does it mean taking it out? Taking it out. Yeah. Doing this act of drawing the random lot, <laughs> if you don't do that, then you can't go forward. Then you can't call this one Lashem and this one Lazazel by naming it, by arbitrarily assigning it. You have to do the drawing of the lots. If you don't do it, you can't move forward. This is what I said. It might not be an Avoda, but it might still be right, Ma'akev. So, means if you don't do it. If you don't do it. It prevents, right, the non-doing of it is Ma'akev. Correct. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Af Aliyah... Well, let's read. Af Aliyah ain't a Ma'akev. No! Even if you don't do it, maybe you just say Lashem Chatas, even if you don't do the drawing, but the evidence it's okay. So the Mar says like this, so we are going to see later that there's a debate between um, Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe Nechemia, which is anything that is done bachutz. Now bachutz is very, is very, is very uh, deceptive. So bachutz in this context means anything outside the Kodesh Kedushim, anything in the Heichalim and and in the larger Azara. So Rebbe Yehuda says. If you mix up the order of things that are not things in the Kodesh production, but anything else, if you go out of order, but the evidence okay. Reb Nechemia says, no, but the, the evidence not good if you go out of order. And the Gemara is going to assume that the same debate of whether order is ma'akev might translate into whether doing the act itself is ma'akev. So let's take a look. 
Okay, we'll read this line and just that's what we'll wrap up for today. Aliba's Reb Yehuda, the Amar, according to Reb Yehuda says, Nasim things when the Kohen Gadol wears the Big Day Lavan out of the Kodesh Kadashim, lo ma'akva, the order isn't ma'akev, and the Gemara therefore assumes that means that doing it won't be ma'akev. Kuliyama lo pligi, nobody would disagree, the lo ma'akva, that this would not be, this would not prevent it from being good. This is done outside in Big Day Lavan. So it's therefore, it's not ma'akev. He plea, when do they debate Alibi Reb Nechemia? According to Reb Nechemia, who normally says that, ev- that order is Ma'akev, um, even outside the Kodesh Kadashim. Mandam or Ma'akva, so the one that says that drawing the lots is Ma'akev, Reb Nechemia, that's like Reb Nechemia, that makes sense. Mandam or Lo Ma'akva, the other one says it does not prevent you from being Yotzei. Hanimili Avoda, when, when does the Nechemia say that order matters or doing it matters and if you don't do it you're not Yotzei? That's a real Avoda. Hagrala lava vodahi. The drawing of the lot is not avoda, and this ties back to what I said, because it could be done with the left hand, it could be done with a non kohen gadol. So this might not be ma'akev, even according to Reb Nechemya, who n- normally is more strict. One more line about a possible, even strong, even even like more extreme reading of this debate. Ika Amri, Some say No. Everybody would agree that according to Reb Nechemia, who normally says order matters, he would say that here too, if you know, the doing it matters, and if you don't do it, you're not Yotze, even though it's not an Avoda, even though it's just Hagrala. Keep pleading, what's the debate? I'll leave it to Reb Yehuda, according to Reb Yehuda, who normally says that, you know, certain, that things outside are not Ma'akev, at least the order isn't Ma'akev. Mandamar lo ma'akva, if you say that the drawing lots is not prevent you from being Yotze, according to Reb Yehuda, it's Reb Yehuda, that's like Reb Yehuda. Umanda Amar Ma'akva, and the one that says that it, do, it does prevent you from being Yotze, even according to Rabbi Yehuda, who normally is more, gives you more latitude, Shani Hacha, here it's different. The Tanabe Kra, because the Pasuk repeats the importance of this. The Pasuk says, Asher Allah Allah Hagora, Asher Allah, Asher Allah, that the Torah twice speaks about the, about the animal which the Gora came out on. Asher Allah, Asher Allah, which means, is read to mean, you have to do the, you have to do the Gora. This must happen. Including, well, not placing it on, but including Allah Allah means raised over it, is understand, not Natan Allah. Yes, but it doesn't repeat it. Okay, so, what we have now is, on the one hand, this agrola is not an avoda, it should be done with the left, the non-coin gadol. Is it ma'akev? The Torah says you do it. Well, there's going to be a general question about which, the Torah says do a lot of things in the avoda. Which things, if you don't do them, prevent you from being yotzei? So to some degree, that's a general debate of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nechemia when it's out of the Kodesh Kadashim, and this might line up with that. But to some degree, this could be either more lenient or more strict. More lenient because it's not an avoda, so maybe everybody would agree it's not ma'akev or more strict, because the Torah repeats it twice, and therefore this, maybe more than other things, might be ma'akeh. So we'll play out this debate tomorrow.